0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. Oh, listen
1: to this guy. Hour after
0: hour. What is this? The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
2: After a fun couple of days at ACC kickoff, it's good to be home in our Kernersville studios. Today, you're going to hear from all four of our state's ACC quarterbacks on the show, including Devin Leary, in about five minutes. But since we got off the air in Charlotte last night, quite a bit of information's leaked out on this Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC saga. It went from something that was easy to dismiss, to the topic of the day yesterday, day two at kickoff, to something that seems pretty undeniable at this point. It almost looks like a done deal. Regardless of how a and feels about it, there's no stopping this train now. So let's break it down why that is from both sides of the equation, starting with the Big 12. The Longhorns and Sooners have all the power in that dynamic. 11 years ago, I don't think people realize just how close the Sooners and Longhorns were to leaving the uh, the Big 12 then for the Pac-10 conference. This is before the Pac-10 became the Pac-12, of course. But in 2010, Texas, alas, announced that they were reaffirming their commitment to the Big 12 conference. At that point, we knew they had at least considered Leaving the Big 12, and unlike some of these other power leagues like the ACC and the Southeastern Conference, the Big 12 hasn't been out, been around that long. Like all of us are older than the Pac 12 conference, or the Big 12 conference. Excuse me, 1994. That's when the Big 12 became a thing. Actually, intern Cole was not born yet, but me and Robert. Of course, were are and many of you, I'm sure, were. The Longhorns and Sooners, they've been propping this conference up. They've been the only reason why, essentially, this conference is respected in any type of way. The Sooners are the only team in this league to get to the college football playoff. And Texas produces more revenue than anybody else in all of college football, maybe the biggest brand that exists in the sport. If you don't have Texas and Oklahoma, your league doesn't really matter. So it doesn't matter if Texas and Oklahoma talked to the SEC and got caught. What's the Big 12 going to do? Send Texas and Oklahoma to their room? Punish them? What are they going to do when Texas and OU have all the power in this relationship? It was put on full display yesterday. When while we were on the air, Brett McMurphy reported, the university ADs and CEOs were set to meet at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock while we were on the air, the ADs and the CEOs were set to meet for all 10 of the schools. They were all invited to talk about these rumors. Eight showed up. The two that didn't, Texas and Oklahoma. So that meeting that was supposed to be... Texas, Oklahoma, what are you doing here? We learned after the fact was the ADs essentially talking about what are we going to do when this happens? They were preparing for what seems inevitable now. That's the Big 12 side of it. The SECs, Greg Sankey's the most powerful figure in college sports. Some believe it's Mark Emmert. There are some out there who believe the NCAA has control over football when that's been gone for over 20 years now, since the advent of the BCS. The Power Five commissioners are the ones that wield the most power in college sports because football is king and the NCAA and Emmert largely does not touch football. Greg Sankey's the most powerful man because many of the other powerful Power Five commissioners have stepped down in recent years. The Pac-12 has a new conference commissioner. John Swaffer, just stepped down with the ACC after 25 years. Jim Phillips replacing him, of course. And Kevin Warren had a rough go in his first year with the Big Ten. Didn't really handle COVID that well. Greg Sankey is decorated. He's now tenured. And he has control over his league to the point where they can talk to Texas and Oklahoma and have nobody know about it for 6 months including Texas A&M who they wanted to keep this from. They kept A&M in the dark intentionally because they knew A&M would not approve of this and it's not going to matter because Sankey has the power here to push this through and get this done. We we talked about an 11 to 3 vote. That's what you need to get this through Screw the vote. Sankey has enough power to get a 14-0 decision, a unanimous unanimous decision, even if we know it's not unanimous. Texas A&M, it's pretty clear they're the ones that leaked this here as a Hail Mary to try and stop it. The moment they learned about it, after being kept in the dark, they leaked it to this Texas A&M reporter for the Houston Chronicle. He puts it out there. It starts a bleep storm. But at this point, it's too late because, again, Sankey has the power to get it done just as long as Texas and Oklahoma want to do it, and it's clear that they do, and the Big 12 can't stop them because those two schools have the power in that conference. End of story. If we're going to talk about why, I understand the question from a competitive standpoint. It's a more difficult path to the playoff. Why would you want to take that on if you're Lincoln Riley and now Steve Sarkeesian? But here's why it makes sense. It's not just about money, but of course it's about money. That that was the case with Maryland leaving the ACC for the Big Ten, and it certainly applies here in the arms race that is TV revenue, where the SEC is lapping everybody, and it's only going to get wider with this new TV agreement, and that's before we learned about Texas and Oklahoma, so Lord knows what that's going to look like now. It's not just about that money. It's about recruiting too. Lincoln Riley is a tremendous coach. Maybe the best coach that anybody wants at all of college football, not named Nick Saban. He's been to the playoff a handful of times. He's, not, he's never won in the playoff. Why? When he gets to that point, all the coaches are great and the teams are good. But the talent gap so wide between him and SEC talent. The gap is wide between him and Clemson. Because it's hard to get kids from Georgia and the state of Florida to want to play in Oklahoma, regardless of how great those facilities are. So you run into that if you're Lincoln Riley. He wants to recruit kids from Florida and from the Carolinas again and from Florida. That's what he wants, and he's going to get a chance to do that. And I don't think it's a coincidence that these conversations reportedly started right after Steve Sarkeesian got hired at Texas. It's almost as if he knew if you want things to work here, if you want Texas to really be back, we need to join the Southeastern Conference. And then those conversations began. There's nothing stopping the train now, though. Oklahoma, Texas, that's going to be a reality. Now the ACC needs to figure out how they're going to respond. All right. As I mentioned, we caught up with Devin Leary at ACC kickoff. Really enjoyed our chat with the state quarterback coming off the injury last year. I really believe in NC State. I think they might be the third best team in the ACC this year. I picked them second in... My preseason poll in the Atlantic Division, of course, behind Clemson. Here's how it sounded with Devin. The last time we had a chance to see you, you were being taken off the field and so many were concerned. So let's talk about that first and your journey to get back to where you're at right now, Devin. When you're taken off that type of way and you get the initial prognosis, how concerned
3: are you at that point? Yeah you know initially when it first happened it's like dang I can't believe this just happened we were just getting rolling you know it was the second half we were coming out pretty strong in the second half and then boom you just football gets taken away from you so fast and it's like at that given moment you know it's like it feels like the end of the world but then it kind of gives you a different perspective on the game you know it, it makes you not regret all the little things and I'm just so thankful for Justin Smith and our whole athletic training staff to be where I'm at today. I mean, back before spring ball, it was up for in the air whether or not I'd be cleared. And first day, I was immediately cleared, was full go in practice, and ever since then, it's been high sailing.
2: In late November, early December, Coach Doran actually told us, Devin's progressing pretty well here. When did you
3: feel like, I feel like myself, I'm 100%. You know, right when I was able to start jogging um, for a little while. When was that, you think? That was about beginning of January. Hmm. Yeah, so my my progression actually was pretty fast. Like I said, Justin Smith, uh, our hedge athletic training, was on me every single day. I mean, treatment was at 6 a.m. every morning. There was no slacking, and I'm very appreciative for him. But, yeah, I mean first couple months they had me on a scooter, uh, non-weight bearing at all on my legs. So I was kind of scooting around throughout the facility. Um, but then as soon as I was able to start walking and then progress into jogging into our different, like, you know, now everything is so advanced in technology. We have different treadmills. And as soon as I was able to start jogging on there, I was like, okay, let's get this thing going. Given how big the game is in the state of North Carolina, how tough particularly was it sitting out the game when you guys went to Chapel Hill, yeah, you know it's tough, I mean it, it is a big rivalry and it means a lot to both sides uh, NC State and UNC that this is a very traditional rivalry game, and just being able to have to watch it from home you know I mean this was like a first week out of my surgery, so mm-hmm. i wasn't able to travel with the team, but being able to watch it from home was definitely difficult. I wish I could be there with the guys wish I could just motivate them from my where I was at at the given time but I know it means a lot to a lot of people as well as it does to me. Give me a sense. You're from New Jersey, correct? Yes, sir. How did NC State appear on
2: your radar screen?
3: Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, Former player Kelvin Harmon is from the same area that I am. Wide receiver. Wide receiver, yes. And I actually was friends with him in high school, uh, followed his whole recruiting process, and saw that he picked NC State. And at the time, I wasn't really too familiar with NC State. and after I saw how well he started playing, NC State started recruiting me. And I took one visit down to NC State and was like, wow, like this is everything that I need here. And, I mean, it's been high sailing ever since, really. And did it take time to learn
2: some of these rivalries? Take, for example, North Carolina.
3: Uh, I, I had a pretty good idea coming down. I mean, Twitter makes that one yeah. easy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, my first initial visit, all NC State fans are telling me, just make sure you beat Carolina. And so you could definitely feel the rivalry and the passion for everyone down in North Carolina. Yeah, it's Devin Leary who's joining us here on WSJS Sports.
2: When you're the quarterback at NC State, obviously there's a lineage there. Have you had a chance to speak with a guy like Russell
3: Wilson, who was the commencement speaker this year, or Phillip Rivers, or any of these PAC pros? Yeah, so I actually was able to speak with Phillip Rivers. Uh, He came in and spoke to our team. It was via Zoom. But um, after, you know, I kind of got to do a little one-on-one and talk with him and ask him questions. It was really cool. And also Mike Glennon as well. Mm -hmm. Mike Glennon is in and out of our building, so I always like to pick his brain, whether it's in the film room or just on the field asking very just subtle little questions how it was when he was here. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet Russell Wilson yet, but he was, like you said, our speaker at the graduation, which was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, that was pretty much it. NIL, you got your cameo page. I'm sure
2: local places are picking up, you know, hey, what's going to happen with uh, some of the quarterbacks in the league. I think Sam Howell has his Bojangles deal that was announced on social media. What's it been like? Just give me a sense for – how inundated a starting quarterback in the ACC is
3: with different inquiries since July the 1st. Yeah, you know, as a player, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity for everyone to take advantage of and being able to really use our platform, being able to use use our brand and brand ourselves for whatever business is looking to, I mean, really sponsor us, really use our own personal brand to put their business out or use their ideas and i think it really is a great opportunity for everyone to take advantage of um as far as myself like you said i've i've done the cameo mm-hmm. um but uh i think the more and more i learn about it the more and more i'll dive into it as of right now i'm not fully like know all the full regulations and sure. everything yeah uh before we like see a good thing when it comes to like nil and
2: sponsorships and stuff is looking good and having the suits and the well tailored beard and such. What are you wearing right now? I'm looking at inside of your jacket. What yeah. do we got on the inside here?
3: So we actually, uh, NC State was able actually to get us these suits, they're like custom fit suits, which is wow. pretty nice. Yeah, they gave us like an option. I'll show you. It's like right, a let's see
2: what's on the inside. I'll paint the picture for the custom audience. Custom
3: embroidery. Wow. It's got our Cus- name on it.
2: It says Leary. Yeah. Look so it's it's at that.
3: Nice. <laughs> it's a suit they're, they're allowing us to keep. So When's the showing. last time you wore a suit? Uh I would have to say senior prom. Senior (laughs) prom (laughs) was probably the last time I wore a suit. All right,
2: we're here. We're here. Devin Leary's here with us, but we're here. How was your senior prom? Tenant think I'd ask that question today. I got it written down now. How was senior prom?
3: Senior prom was fun. Senior prom was fun. I mean it was like (laughs) the go out before, you know, you go to college being able to hang with my last couple buddies in New Jersey before I don't know the next time that I'll So you
2: weren't too cool for school skipping prom like some do? No, never too cool for school. I like that. Devin Leary, yes, keep sir. up the good work on the football field. Thanks for making the visit today on the triad. Absolutely. Thank you. Robert, how was your senior prom? Uh, my junior
0: year, I think I got busted by my mom trying to sneak beer in my car. Uh, senior year was cool. I didn't get busted.
2: But you did sneak beer into your car.
0: It's time for the five things at five.
2: You are listening to W It's time for the <laughs> That's pretty good. You are listening to WSGS with the Salem in Greensboro, WPC in Burlington, WMFR High Point. Those signals make up WSGS sports. I bet you Cole had a hot day at his prom in Hendersonville. I got that right. How big of the school did you go to?
4: I mean it wasn't that big. We have like there's like four schools like in Hendersonville. Yeah. And it's not that big of a town, so not that big of a high school. So you
2: probably slayed at this prom, crushed it.
4: Yeah, we'll say.
2: I like that confidence. We'll say that. Shrugged the shoulders. It's what it's about. I think I've covered this before, that my prom date junior year backed out because she got a boyfriend who was 26 years old, and then the 26-year-old said, nah, you can't go to prom. And then my senior year like Roberts Jr. here. My prom date got caught with a bottle of something in her book bag the week before prom. And then her parents said, yeah, you can go with Josh because he's nice, but we're going to be driving you to and from, so we can't pick you up.
0: I love butt stuff. I hate spiders. I stole a pen from the bank. I cried during a powder boy. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
2: I want to challenge the young people on today's show. Sawyer Dylan's pretty young, but he's not the youngest person in here because intern Cole's in here. Who sings this? Sawyer Dylan, go. I don't know. Cole.
4: Isn't it the guys who sing uh, All Star? That's, That's right.
2: Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. I did not see that coming. I didn't think Cole would get Smash Mouth.
4: I've been uh, studying up for my culture shock. i got to get the record up.
2: Oh, are we doing culture shock today? No, no. I totally forgot about culture shock. Yeah, we'll do that next week. But we do have Sawyer Dylan in here. So Nerd Corner is just a few minutes away, but we're still trying to react to what's happening with the Big 12 currently. And that it's disintegrating right before our eyes. You've got Texas and Oklahoma, the only two schools that are making that conference respectable, sellable, interesting. They're going to be going to the SEC in all likelihood. It's probably going to be announced in the next week. What does it mean for the rest of the leagues? I've already said the ACC should go after West Virginia. Regionally speaking, it makes some sense. If they don't do that, I'm sure the Big Ten will. There are reports out there that Kansas is set to make a phone call to the Big Ten Conference and Kevin Warren, the commissioner, in the next couple of days. That looks like it's a very real possibility. They're not going to win many games in football, Robert, but I guess that's just not going to change much at all then. Yeah, not much is going to change anyway. You're not winning in the Big 12. You're not going to win in the Big Ten either. So that's an interesting one. Iowa State, I guess since Iowa is already in the Big Ten, maybe that's something you look at. Big question, what happens to Baylor and Oklahoma State? It seems the Pac-12 is the most obvious choice, even though regionally speaking it might be a stretch for Oklahoma State. Then again, you already have Nebraska in that league. Or excuse me, Nebraska's in the Big Ten. I'm thinking about Colorado. It would make somewhat regional sense. That's drivable distance, I know. Because I've made that drive before. Uh, The ACC, as I said, should go after West Virginia. Who does that leave? Texas Tech and Kansas State. Who wants Texas Tech and Kansas State? I've driven through Manhattan, Kansas, man. There's nothing there. I'm surprised. There's a Power 5 school here every time I drive through there. That's what I think of. K-State and Texas Tech. The hell do they do?
0: The American wants them.
2: Oh, the American will take all these teams.
0: Yeah, give them all, man. America's like the uh, the island of misfit toys. Like, If you don't have a place,
2: come play with us. You'll never get a chance to be in a national championship. East Carolina is just doing the Rick James and Chappelle show meme. Come on over. Get on over here. And then I'm sure Texas Tech and K-State will say, bleep your couch. Probably take care of business. I mean, K-State
0: might- would be good. Are at least decent in the American. No, they probably run the show.
2: That's what I'm saying. Budget speaking, they certainly would. So the Big 12 fallout is just beginning. All right, let's get into Nerd Corner.
5: I'm interested in upgrading my 28.8 kilobot internet connection to a 1.5 megabit fiber
0: optic T1 line. If eSports is the future,
2: will you be able to provide an IP router that's compatible with my token ring Ethernet LAN configuration?
0: We're getting in early. I'm here
4: to earth.
5: Not to make out with you!
0: This is Nerd Corner with Sawyer
2: Dillon. Sawyer, I was thinking about you this morning because the Olympic opening ceremony has already happened in Tokyo. It's going to air on television in the States later tonight. Apparently, a couple of countries had popular video game themes playing when they walked in with their flag when they made their introductions into the large stadium with very few fans in Tokyo. I think Israel was one, maybe Japan the other. One of the songs was from the Kingdom Hearts theme. How about that? Pretty cool, pretty cool. What's the first thing you have for me today? So there's this
6: new game out and it's called New World. It's like some really large, you know, open map. You get to customize your character. It's like kind of like the new big thing. Well, there's also these things that are like the 3090 graphics cards. We talk a lot about graphics cards, how expensive they are. These things are like fifteen dollars to $2000, like $1500 to $2000. People ran this game for the first time, and this game caught their graphics card on fire. Like, literally? Like, literally fried it. There were, there were flames coming from some people's graphics card, and others were just completely fried.
2: No flame, but not working. One of my favorite things that people do with LeBron, to speak how old he is, they'd say, this is LeBron's graphics when he first entered the league. These are Bronze graphics today. And the first one is just like a disfigured, digitalized human that our parents used to say looks
6: like real life Oh, I remember playing I mean you probably remember playing 2k let's just even say 2k12 2012 we thought that was like the craziest when the net
0: moved when you made a basket that was the craziest thing in the world I remember playing raw versus Smackdown and my mom was like oh I didn't even know wrestling was on and I'm like, Mom, it's a video game. Like, how'd you think this was real? But, like, <laughs> d- genuinely, we thought that it's was It's nine in the deal. morning, Mom. Is this, uh, you said it was New World, right? Is that like the Viking? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I've seen a video for that. I'm not going to play it anymore now that I know it's going to catch my computer on fire.
6: Next thing, Sawyer Fortnite. They have got their first licensed car, they have tapped into the Ferrari market. So they have a real-life Ferrari... Well, not real life, but the exact model of a Ferrari 296 that they have bought the rights of and now have in their game for people to drive.
2: Sawyer, actually, I'll put this on Cole. Tell me how much Fortnite brings in for them to do just these ridiculous deals that they put together with, like, famous people such as LeBron James to use their image in games to, you know... Have their own car. Sawyer, under what circumstances would you get the Fortnite car?
6: Back in the day, probably like two, three years ago, I'm probably getting the Fortnite car under any circumstance. Now How much is it? I think it's like a twenty dollar like add-on to be like your little glider that you fly into the map to. It's probably something like twenty to
2: fifteen dollars. Oh, I thought we were talking about an actual car.
0: Oh well, yeah, it's like what they... I, I think it's a skin that you can put on, like because now they have cars that you can drive around the map. Is it a skin that you can... Like, when you get in the vehicle, yeah, yeah, it turns yeah, yeah. into that? I haven't seen anything they put out that's more than $20, but it's also ridiculous because, like... None of this is tangible. Like, all of it is on the game. Like, if your account got hacked or you got banned, you would never be able to see or use this stuff again. But I think Cole has your uh, Fortnite in.
2: Yes, Cole.
4: All right, so 2018, they made $5.4 <laughs> Then went down in 2019 to $3.7 Last year, went down again to
2: $2.5 To put it in perspective, ESPN vastly overpays for the NBA in terms to televise it for a year. When that massive pay hike went up for salary caps because of that deal ESPN went to, it was slightly less, I believe, than $2 billion (laughs) ESPN pays each year to broadcast the NBA, which includes the NBA Finals. Also to put in perspective, David Tepper paid $2.3 billion by himself to buy an NFL franchise. So let's have a Fortnite, the Carolina Fortnites. The Carolina <laughs> Fortnites. Oh, it's time Lord. for a rebrand. Robert, would you rather, if you could have a Fortnite car, a car from a Fortnite game or the Wienermobile, what would you choose? I would take the Ferrari for sure. That's a way nicer car. Alright, last thing, Sawyer.
6: So we talk about Snoop Dogg and how he's like a really good Madden player. He is. Snoop Dogg has made the news of gaming uh, once again. He streams on Twitch, only like a couple hundred people, but he's still, and it's not, you know, the best stream, but he streams on Twitch. His stream has been muted for a whole week and he has no idea. So he's going live with no audio, thinking that everything's fine. But he doesn't read his chat, so no, he doesn't know that people can't hear him or anything he's doing. And he's just playing like he's oblivious.
2: As a streamer yourself, what do you think has happened here with Snoop?
6: Well, I've done it before where, like, you know, your mic isn't on for, like, five minutes. But usually someone will be like, hey, we can't hear you. And I'm like, oh, my mic's just turned off. Um, he is just so, like, I guess in his Madden game that he doesn't even realize that he has no audio. Not just his mic. No game audio. No mic audio. No Follower sounds like it's just straight muted, and all you see is Snoop Dogg concentrating on this Madden game.
0: Is this worse than uh, what happened the last time he was in the news? Didn't he like freak out and leave his stream on? He like
6: <laughs> uh, he had he had the rage incident where he banged the table a bunch of times and oh, I had a bunch that. of expletives. I they think he had a nerd corner. Like yeah.
0: he did he just left his stream on. I think I saw he got muted because he was playing music, and Twitch like doesn't uh, there's copyright issues with that, like playing actual songs. So they muted his stream so he, his music couldn't come out and then he just never was able to turn it back on or fix it.
2: And that's been Nerd Corner with Sawyer Dylan. Follow his Twitch stream at SaulJTV. Starting to pick up in popularity. At JTV, What's the most embarrassing thing you've done on the stream? Like by accident.
6: Uh, one time I spilled a drink and then I got up to clean it and it spilled perfectly that it looked like I peed my pants. So now there's a screenshot of me
2: looking like I
6: peed my pants out there on the internet.
2: Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Robert, I want you to find that picture so that way we can use it. Every single time we have Sawyer on for (laughs) Nerd Corner, that could be the picture that we use on our social media. That's, That's the way we should go about doing things. I've done my fair share of embarrassing things, Robert could tell you. I sweat a lot. I, one time, made Robert Walsh look up where Houston Baptist is located. That's a pretty, or excuse me, Dallas Baptist, even worse. Where's Dallas Baptist located? Hmm? Yeah. Anytime you do this talking live thing, things are bound to go wrong. Here's a question I have. Is it a sin to win a church league basketball game by 60 points? One NFL quarterback doesn't think so, and we'll discuss next.
0: Microphone. Check, check. All right, ready? Here we go again. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
2: For this segment, let's just assume Texas and Oklahoma are locked in to the SEC. It seems like we're headed that way. Let's say that's going to happen. The SEC expands to 16. How should the ACC respond? Well, pretty obviously, they probably need to respond with their own expansion. Notre Dame's a given because of all the reasons we've talked about the last few months ad nauseum. But to get to 16, It seems like the ACC has two choices here. They could sit back like last time, let some of the chips fall before acting, or they can be proactive. They can be aggressive with their new commissioner, Jim Phillips. I think it should be the latter. And while the Big 12 is leaking oil currently, go out there and poach West Virginia. What is the argument against West Virginia being in this conference? It seems to me it is a perfect fit. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter at WSJSports. 336 777 is the number. You'll hear from Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman in about 15 minutes. Jim Phillips, he has made a point the last few months of saying, football is this league's priority. We're going to make football the priority. I know our history is rooted in college basketball, but our money is made, like most conferences in America and most schools in America, with football. That's going to be our identity. If he means that, this is the way that you act. And I do think he means that. That's why I think he's seriously going to change the divisions in the ACC. That's based on reporting from our friends Andrea Adelson and David Hale at ESPN. He is serious about more exposure, more creativity with games that they put together, better out of conference schedules, you name it, trying to get Notre Dame in the league and speaking pretty openly about that. I think he's serious about it. This should be a no brainer. If Texas and Oklahoma are getting the SEC to 16, This should be the ACC's answer after Notre Dame. It does strengthen the football portfolio. All of us know West Virginia fans. They are everywhere here in the state of North Carolina and all across the Eastern Seaboard. The budget is top 40 in the country, more than several ACC schools. The history, from Bobby Bowden to Rich Rodriguez... To terrific athletes we've seen in the last decade. They fit. You might be thinking, Josh, what about the academics though? We can't be having West Virginia in the league. Get that out of your head. This is about football. Football's the priority, not academics here. If it was all about academics, Louisville wouldn't be in the league and North Carolina wouldn't be having an AFAM scandal a dozen years ago. This is about money. And the way you make money is being good at football. Jim Phillips knows this. And if the SEC is already lapping you in terms of TV revenue, what do you think they're going to do when they add the Longhorns and Sooners? You need to be aggressive. You need to prioritize football. West Virginia does that for you. And also, it's not a ridiculous ad. The familiarity and regionality make too much sense here. It brings back the Backyard Brawl, which anybody who's a big college football fan knows used to be a tremendous series when you would have Darrell Revis going head-to-head with Pat White in West Virginia. That used to be a lot of fun to watch. LaShawn McCoy for Pittsburgh going up against Geno Smith. The regionality piece It's a 90-minute drive to get from Pittsburgh to Morgantown, West Virginia. I know that because every time I've had to travel to a game in Morgantown, I fly into Pittsburgh. It's less than a five-hour drive from Charlottesville and Blacksburg. It's only a little bit further than that from Louisville. West Virginia touches the states of Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. And if we're going to talk about basketball, it would satisfy those coaches too. What other school checks all those boxes of budget, football pedigree, fan base, and also basketball pedigree? What is it? You got a future Hall of Fame coach in Bob Huggins who followed a future Hall of Fame coach in John line, And that's what they've had the last 20 years. West Virginia is the best option. The Big Twelves is leaking oil. They make too much sense regionally, financially. <laughs> Familiarity speaking, budget speaking, football and basketball speaking. What are we talking about here? If you're the ACC, that is the move. Let's go to Tyler in Greensboro. 336-777-1600 if you want in. Tyler, your thought on expansions What?
1: Josh, I agree with you a million percent. Uh, I've been saying something that's similar. I actually think that if they can get in the, the Notre Dame and West Virginia to get them in the conference, you have 16 teams. Shake things up. You know, 2021 is a little different moving forward. I think you could break up the conference into four pods. Then you could have Florida State, Miami, Georgia Tech, Clemson in a pod. You could have four North Carolina schools in a pod. You're going to have Virginia, Virginia Tech. Uh, Pitt, West Virginia in a pod, and then you've got BC, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and Louisville in a pod. So part of the idea with expansion, part of the complaint at least, is that you don't have enough poll- or cross-pollination between the two sides. You never see like Wake and Carolina play. They have to schedule non-con games just to be able to see each other in a decade. Well, if you have the pod system, you rotate which pod you play against every season, so that way you sort of prevent that stagnation. Maybe that's enough to get Notre Dame excited, maybe not but at least if you go get West Virginia, you'd be proactive. If Notre Dame doesn't want to put all their chips on the table, kick them out, right? I know it's a football-driven thing, and and last year was great for ratings and revenue. If they don't want in, basically, I I guess the old term is blank or get off the pot. There you go, yeah. So so Notre Dame needs to either blank or get off the pot.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, on the show today, Tyler. Thanks for the call. He certainly bleeped. He did not... Just get off the pot there, Robert, I think. Notre Dame, you're right. It's time to put the pressure on them. There are coaches in the league that I've talked to off the record who have told me, and this has been reported other places too, they could not believe they allowed Notre Dame to do what they did last year. That was the opportunity to tell them, listen, you don't want to lose a season of revenue not being able to play football. We'll work you into our schedule if you agree to help us out and you join our league full-time. You join us as a football member. A lot of coaches in the league were ticked off. They didn't force their hand there. There are a lot of people with Notre Dame ties in the Atlantic Coast Conference in powerful seats. Jim Phillips, the commissioner. You know, Boo Corrigan at State. Bubba Cunningham at uh, Carolina. Needham King at Duke. I don't think that's a coincidence, You gotta start, you know, start the uh, the the bum rush here. Got to flank them and say, listen, this this is the time now. We need you in the league. You have a lot to lose if you don't join this conference. There are some opportunities here. You can only join our league. That's what you agreed to, and John Swafford got you to sign on for the five game agreement. If you don't do it. Well, those are five games you had to schedule, and people schedule years out now. I think there are games on the books in 2036 and 2037 in college football. You got to figure that out, and also you're kind of hurting the other teams in your conference too, because every other team is in the Atlantic Coast Conference and has found a home there, close to the next, uh, close to the last decade. The ACC has been a great partner and has bent over backwards to help Notre Dame. It's now time. For Notre Dame to do what's physically responsible for themselves and be a good partner back to the ACC. I've felt that way for a very long time. Robert, before we get to Sam Hartman, it's Friday. I feel like we should be exuding optimism and positivity on this Friday. So we play Weekly Positivity. Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Hey, Robert. What's up, dude? This is the opportunity for you and the audience and Cole to tell me something good. 336-777-1600 if you want to play along. It doesn't have to be sports-related at all. I'll get us started here. I look outside our studio window here in Kernersville, and I see that our general manager has grabbed Graham Slam pizzas from Pie Guys. Have you ever had the Graham Slam pizza?
0: No, I haven't, actually.
2: It's pretty good. Cole, can you handle the heat?
4: Oh, yeah, I can handle the heat.
2: Well, that's good. It's a pretty tasty pizza. I can't wait to eat it. Robert, tell me something good.
0: Uh, something good. I've been really impressed with uh, the Dave show lately. The last two weeks, I've just been blown away at the how good the episodes have been. I, it was kind of a slow season at season first. Season two is here. Yeah, season two is out there like five episodes deep. Um, the last two weeks, I thought, have been the best episodes of the entire series. Uh, started off really slow Uh, not a real continuation of what happened last season but I last night I watched that and I just uh, like I haven't actually wanted to smoke a cigarette in a long time like I still do occasionally like whether I'm drunk or I see someone else smoking but I needed to smoke a cigarette after last night's episode it was that good
2: wow I just realized this this weekend Robert marks the three year anniversary of our show being on the air which makes our show the longest running triad based sports talk show ever I don't think anybody's ever gotten to three years so that's
0: good you didn't just realize that though right like you had that note written down you're not like oh
2: doink how did I not bring this up we'll celebrate that on Monday Cole tell me something good
4: oh well I just You know, had a great week hanging out at the uh, ACC kickoff with you and Darren. What was uh, the highlight
2: of ACC kickoff?
4: I was just meeting a lot of people and, uh, you know, seeing a lot of cool stuff and, you know, being in the background of TV on, you know, ACC network. Give me an example
2: of a guest that we've had on the show that, Uh, that either most met your expectations or was a lot different than you expected them when you meet them.
4: Uh, Matt Brown was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was pretty funny, like when he put his Jordans up on our desk as we were talking to him. Flexible, that yeah, man. Yeah, flexing off his uh, flexing off his Jays, and then uh, West Durham. It was great to catch up with him and uh, hang. You know what we posted with me, him, and Darren, and just some Elon guys hanging out. Mighty
2: Elon. We ticked off Connor O'Neill and Alec Campbell and others who wanted a part of that picture as well. Shouts to Mighty Elon to close things out. Another positive note, I'm heading to Baltimore right after our show ends and I get some Graham Slam pizza in me to go to uh, an Orioles game with my dad. We were invited by John Means and his wife, Caroline. They've been great. And we're going to see Max Scherzer probably shred our beloved baseball team. But a couple months after my dad almost experienced the worst that can happen with COVID uh, – Watched a no-hitter, got inspired as a result, became a viral story, connected with the pitcher that threw it, and now we're finally going to get to go to a baseball game together. We're really excited about that. And that's been Weekly Positivity. Coming up, we've saved maybe the best conversation we had at ACC kickoff for last. It's wake quarterback Sam Hartman. Find out which legendary rapper he named one of his dogs after. Next on The Drive. I got one word for him and one word only.
0: You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports.
2: Back at kickoff. And we've got Sam Hartman here, Wake Forest quarterback. Just getting used to the headphones and hearing the sound of his voice, hearing some music. Yeah. Old school Snoop Dogg before he became like a reality TV star or whatever Snoop is now.
5: It's the name of my Great Dane, Snoop Dogg. You have a Great Dane named Snoop Dogg? And, a, and a, I have a one that looks like Scooby-Doo is Snoop. And then I have an all black one that's Biggie.
2: Robert knows this. My favorite beer in Winston-Salem is at Wiseman, and it's called the Scoop Dog. How about it? See? Look oh, what we're hopefully, doing. Hopefully,
5: you don't see each other at Wiseman anytime soon. This is not planned right now.
2: You're pretty well dressed, Sam Hartman. Well uh, dressed. Are you the best dressed quarterback? Let's create some controversy and get, like, I, an ESPN scroll I, No, topic. I know
5: I will answer it that my mom dressed me, so I know I'm looking good. That's yeah, all I know. You are looking I'm good. I'm not going to answer who's the best dressed. But. ESPN
2: scroll at the bottom of the screen. Sam Hartman refuses to answer question about being the
5: best-dressed Quarterback. I just know my mom knows I look good, so that's all the only opinion that matters. Come
2: on, you don't have any Dion Sanders in you where you're saying, "Or Muhammad no. Ali, I'm pretty."
5: No, it's my if my if my mom thinks I look good, I look good. I'm I'm content. You were a coach's kid, right? Uh, a, no, I went not in high school, no. Not in high school, you were No, but probably when you were younger. Uh, yeah, my dad coached me a little, but not not as much. He was he was more of a defensive guy, so I kind of stuck away from that. When I was younger, I played a little defense. Um, but I was more I was more offense and he, he he was good about it he at home it was it was a lot of you know work and football and throwing balls in the backyard but when we kind of got in public he he pressed away from coaching because you know it's, sometimes that's not a, not the best but so when were you introduced to the game of football how young uh, first tackle football I was like six I remember playing at like five flag football um, but yeah I was hitting I was I was playing like, Ate you when I was like six, just getting getting truck sticked and, but my whole life I would say, been throwing a football for what did that be, uh, fifteen years. Panthers fan? Uh, I grew up one. Um, I was kind of the Jake DeLome era. Oh yeah. Um, which which was very cool because uh, I just got back from the Manning Passing Academy. He was there. He was a Louisiana guy, so that was cool. I got to meet a, well I got to meet the Mannings and I got to meet Jake DeLome. so. Very cool, but Jake, I, I'm not a Panthers guy anymore. I mean, I'd love to play there, but um, not anymore. Jake DeLome, he, he's a great dude. He's in Louisiana, and he has horses that he races. He's he's an interesting guy. Who all was at the Manning Passing Academy? Give me a sense. Uh, everybody, everybody. I know a lot of ACC guys, um, so I met some guys. I already you know know Sam pretty well, just being a um, You're talking a about Sam Howell, Howell, of course. Yeah, Howell. Um, you both were out of the city of Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, the, pick, the Pitt's quarterback, a great dude, can spin it. Um, uh, Phil from uh, B.C. I don't want to butcher his last name. Uh, so another boy. Um, <laughs> Gunner from Duke was there. Um, Miami, the uh, King was there as well. All great guys. It was a very cool it, experience. Is
2: it a competitive environment,
4: even so, in that
5: spot? It, I mean, uh, you know, you got 40 two I think D1 or quarterbacks in there yeah I mean it's always gonna be competitive but it was it was all in good nature and uh, unfortunately the weather wasn't great a lot of rain so we didn't really get to throw much we threw once and you know it was it was pretty relaxed you know you kind of at that point it was just kind of cool to see other guys throw football and you know you see them on TV and, and now you kind of get to meet them in person and you know I probably 20 guys from there that I'll be keeping up with and you know have them on Instagram and be watching across the country so you know at like 12 o'clock after a game it'll be you know, eight uh, out in, like, Oregon or something and I'm watching A-B play. Um, So it it was a very cool experience. It's weight quarterback
2: Sam Hartman here. When I talk to your teammates about you, when I talk to guys in the building about you, what I keep hearing is, man, he's fiery. And all I could think about is your first start against Tulane, there was a moment where you got so fired up about a penalty or something, I I could hear Dave Klausen saying, just shut up or something of that sort whether it's at wake forest or when you were younger give me an example where your competitive nature maybe went over the line whether it's monopoly or football
5: ah uh, that's a good question i mean i don't know if it's ever gone over the line i'm sure i've yelled at people at wake you know teammates like donnie and i probably get into it a lot q and i get into it a lot and it's all you know good nature you know just being competitors but I'd probably just say maybe a practice with Donnie and I, um, and he probably if, if he he listens, then he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And probably some of the coaches where you know some words were said, but um, obviously all you know just good-natured, you know, competitive guys. What's up? What's up? Um, so yeah, I would say there, you know, and it happens, but it's a part of the the nature of being a quarterback and trying to lead guys. Sometimes you know if it's you keep butting heads like something you know, something's gonna spark.
2: There's another piece of leadership too, and that's picking up people when they need to be picked up. Sam Hartman here, and we learned the news about Donovan Green, one of your top weapons, who's not going to play this year. When that happens, how, as a leader, how, how do you pick up somebody that obviously you spent so much time with and is important to you?
5: Um, he's a great, you know, he's a great. He's got a great heart. Uh, I would say that, you know, he's. He's very—you almost—he's like a little brother to me in a sense, even though we're kind of close to the same age. And um, I just—I just think you know, just being there for him is the best thing. And just knowing, hey man, like, you know, it's going to be a long road. You know, don't lie to him, right? You can't tell him, hey, you'll be back soon. You won't. You know, he's got like probably a year to a year and a half. Um, but again, you know, it's—it's it's just letting him know you're here for him. And and it, we're going to still need him as a leader. You know, when he's in the locker room in a game before a game, like him being there and talking to the young guy who's getting ready to go play his first game or his first start or whatever right so he's just gonna i think he can learn a lot from this and i learned a lot from my when i broke my leg my freshman year it's just you got to be able to leave and when you're the guy and then when you're not the guy um so i think it'll be good for him and obviously that's you know very silver lining you know glass half full mentality and and i think he'll take it the right way and he was growing from it from a, a maturity standpoint so much this year so I think it'll just you know, push him harder to you know, come back strong and, and be ready to go for next What's year. What's the craziest or funniest
2: NIL inquiry you've received in the last three weeks?
5: I'll be honest. I haven't gotten much, so um, I couldn't really tell you. I've been kind of focused on just
2: playing ball. With Tyler Cameron and Matt James on The Bachelor, how often do people contact you joking, hey, when your eligibility's up and when you're already this Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL afterwards, if you aren't already got the love game figured out, maybe The Bachelor might be. I
5: hope I hope at the, if I'm at that point and I don't have a love, I think I'll just stay single. But uh, <laughs> I would say the last interview I was in, I had asked him about bachelor, So Really? Yes. You're getting that quite a bit. See, I'm a huge Bachelor fan. Lawson knows this. I can't say that I am. So, and my mom would never let me. Again, going back to mom. Um, yeah, so no, there's not a shot. I'll just say that I'll I'll nip it in the bud
2: what year in school do you tell people you're in because Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Van Wilder but you're technically I think in football terms what is described to be a fourth year sophomore
5: yeah I'm a fourth year sophomore Uh, I just say I'm a senior in school and a sophomore in, in football so
2: a senior in school a sophomore in football quarterback at Wake Forest Sam Hartman on the way out we met at dinner last night and Luke Masterson told us how much he loves to fish. And when you just are around the guy for a few minutes, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Robert, he's a fisher guy, too. I mean, he's a country boy from uh, uh, North Davidson, saw on the show with us here. How did that go when you went fishing with Luke Masterson?
5: So I'd consider myself a fisher guy uh, as well. A fisherman? Um, yeah, fisher guy. You said fisher guy. I know, I'm
2: the worst. Um, That's like calling a meteorologist a weather guy. Weather guy. Weather yeah. girl. They love that.
5: Um, so I would say, you know, he's good. He's, we're both both very good. You know, everything we do, we're intense. So it, it, it gets a little, you know, hot out there if we're not catching fish. You know, it's kind of like, hey, you're doing it wrong or I'm doing it wrong. It gets um, hot on the boat? Oh, you're a competitor. Everything you do, he's, he's shaking his head. It's everything, yeah. It's, Cole knows what's up. Yeah, we, you know, we get after it. And, uh, you know, we're catching fish. Everything's good. If we're not catching fish, it's 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 human nature. It's somebody else, you know, we might be not doing something right. And if, it's on, if we're on Luke's boat, then, you know, it's Luke's fault. If we're on my boat, it's my fault. So...
2: Noted fisher guy, Sam Hartman. Noted fisher guy. Last question. Biggest fish you ever caught?
5: Um, I caught about a 55-inch red down in Charleston. Um, that was probably, I would say, the best fish. The biggest, I, I caught some sharks that are like five, six feet, but uh, probably the best, best biggest would be a, like a 55-inch red.
2: Sam Hartman, we'll see you all
5: throughout the football season. Thanks for yeah, doing it. Yes,
2: sir. That. No doubt. Appreciate you guys having me. Go Deeks. At Sam Hartman, noted fisher guy. Robert, how much did I embarrass myself while trying to talk about fishing?
0: I, I don't know what was the more embarrassing part. Like I know naturally you like have to correct people because he was like uh, I'm also a Fisher guy and you're like fishermen and he's like you said Fisher guy first. <laughs> like that, that's he's, what I was saying.
2: Man, Sam Hartman has this level of confidence. It's why it's probably the conversation I enjoyed the most this week. I love catching up with players. But usually they're not so they're not so comfortable speaking on the air and you know have a lot of things figured out. Man, he was just firing off zingers. He was comfortable, he was laid back, and from having a dog named Biggie and a dog named Snoop Dog to, you know, firing back with Fisher Guy, Sam Hartman's just cool. And I don't really I don't know how he doesn't have a lot of NIL opportunities because More than a couple female journalists have told me that guy's a smoke shell in as many terms.
0: If you had to kiss one ACC quarterback, (laughs) who would you kiss?
2: Most attractive ACC quarterback.
0: I mean, not most attractive. It's, it's who most, which one would you kiss? Like for me, I would probably avoid the stash because I feel like, oh, I, don't know, I have a mustache too. So I feel like it wouldn't prick too much because we both have a mustache. So I don't know. Uh, Sam Howell looks like he has bad breath. I, I think I'm going to kiss Sam Hartman. Like he seemed, like you said, smooth. He could take me fishing. He lives around where I do. I think I would go with Sam Hartman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to answer.
0: What Devin that? Leary look like? What did his teeth look like? That's He's got a
2: beard though, so I think that's probably out for you.
0: I, I don't know. I, I could be. Ooh, he's showing me a picture now. He look. It's a sleek beard with the
2: fade to the top hair. I like that custom suit. He also looks like a conquistador though. Which ACC quarterback would you kiss? Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. A conquistador. Sorry, I interrupted.
0: He just has that like thin mustache. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's uh the Gunner kid. Uh, I don't know. He looks like his dad was mean to him, and he would take that out on me. <laughs> I'd probably rather kiss the Duke defensive tackle you guys talked to. He looked like a nice guy. Yeah. I like the connection with his dad, too. He talked about how his dad's always at his games. I can
2: respect that. His dad was a really good player at Ohio State. Tommy DeVito, is he
0: still playing in the ACC? Tommy
2: DeVito is not playing uh, in Syracuse.
0: I'd probably put him second. I probably can't kiss him anymore, though, since we aren't talking about the uh, former ACC. That's Eric McLean. I'm not kissing Eric McLean. Cole's trying to play Bachelor over here. Like, what He's about showing, this guy?
2: Cole's just creepily taking photos of all these no, people No, I'm that not sat ki- down I'm not <laughs>
0: kissing Adam Gold either. Like oh, I, I take that back. I take that back. Adam Gold, <laughs> a lot of experience, probably a veteran. He was telling us Is about his Is the conversation car.
2: different when if I ask who would you let kiss your mom?
0: Uh I don't know. We probably have different tastes. I think she would be more okay with the beard, but she would almost prefer like an Adam Gold. I know she digs uh, the balder guy. She doesn't like as much oh, hair.
2: See, the thing you don't see with Gold that I forgot about not seeing him for a while. The back hair. I know. You never get that on the radio. No. it's He, all, he has shoe wear that is pretty consistent. It's bright colored shoes that look like Tom's shoes, but aren't Tom's shoes. Very bright colored. Like, he wore bright green and bright yellow. Ah, uh,
0: I'm I'm trying to do Gold a favor here and get him a kiss for my mom, but she's not about the fluorescence. Like, maybe if he could tone it down just for, like, one day, get the kiss and get out, I would be okay with that.
2: Cole, should I tell Robert the story how I probably embarrassed myself while trying to fit in with Wake's football players a couple oh of days God. ago? Oh, my God,
0: yes. I don't care what Cole has to say or not. Yes, tell me. So,
2: we get to the tailgate party, they call it. This is Wednesday night, right? After we get off the air, they have dinner, an open bar, all these types of things. And, you know, I grabbed some ribs and wings, put it on my plate, and I saw the three Wake football players sitting together. So I sit my plate down, and I just start conversation. And, and they knew me from Zoom. They knew me from covering the team and stuff. And Oh, you're on the radio. We got it. They could not care less. They could not care less, and I'm just trying to like yeah, start conversation. I'm generally pretty good at that. I have a high batting average on starting conversations with whomever it might be. But in this circumstance, whether it was talking fishing with Luke Masterson, as you saw, I am a train wreck when it comes to talking about outdoorsy a- a- activities, uh, or trying to talk to uh, Jaquari Roberson, the wide receiver, about a number of things that might be going on with him. They, they were just uninterested, and they did the polite thing, Robert. They appeased me for about five minutes until one of them said, hey, do you want to go play cornhole? Yeah, sure, let's do that. And then they went outside, and they maybe played cornhole for about two or three minutes before they— and they dipped. <laughs> then they dipped. That's exactly what they did. And they were just trying to be polite. Yeah, we, let's get out of here with <laughs> this nerdy radio guy. He stuck his plate down, and he's talking to us. This, this is the worst.
0: I think you should, like, next time, maybe go for, like, the special teams guy. You try to go talk to the long snapper, like the well, punter. Well, they don't bring the long snapper or the punter. Yeah, because those guys are
2: losers.
0: Like, <laughs> they got to bring...
1: <laughs>
2: wow. Uh, yeah, nobody brought a long snapper or a punter. But uh, it's usually... Again, usually I, I do a lot better. One time I remember I had dinner with a ton of pit players. It might have been when Aaron Donald was there. You know, we are just... You know, grubbing on some food. The thing that happens, and you get to know them, and it's a laid-back setting. See, food
0: is different, though, because if you got them in, like, the mess hall, and you sat down with them, at least they have to finish their meal. They can't be like, you guys want to go play cornhole and eat our food outside? Like, that's pretty obvious.